recall covers all four of Tesla's current products and involves more than 80% of all of the vehicles ever built by Tesla. Tesla issued a recall earlier this week over self-driving software that lets cars roll through stop signs without stopping. Police in Northern California say one person was killed, four injured, in a mass shooting on a Greyhound bus. Oroville Mayor Chuck Reynolds. It was an incoming inbound bus and the suspect is in custody. Police say they arrested him inside a Walmart. On the jobs front, 238,000 people signed up for first-time unemployment benefits last week, touched fewer than analysts expected. Meta shares tumbling in pre-market trading, with Facebook losing daily users for the first time since the platform debuted. S&P futures down 62. This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, weekdays on CBS. Hey, it's Dana Cortez, and I'm married to DJ Automatic. When it comes to big life decisions, having options is something I value for our family, especially when it comes to saving money. That's why I love State Farm. State Farm knows everyone has a budget, and they've got options like insuring your car and your home, getting you great rates on both, or they can help personalize your policy with options so that you can get a surprisingly great rate. I love that option. Saving money, that's what it's all about, so we bundle our home and our car. So for surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Hey, Ray Maliozzi here. I don't know about you, but my car can use a few upgrades. I mean, the 8-inch tear in the driver's seat does have sentimental value since my butt has molded to fit it, but I'm ready to move on. My solution? eBay Motors. They've got all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them, from seat covers to whole new seats. When I get that new seat, I think I'll put the old one in the living room, right next to the minivan seats, or as we call it, the sectional. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Not everyone was happy about the surprise guest on a popular TV competition. If you're a fan of The Masked Singer on Fox, now's a good time to tell you this is a spoiler alert. The new season of the show premieres next month, but Deadline and TMZ report some judges walked off set when former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani was unmasked as one of the contestants. Ken Jong and Robin Thicke got up in protest. Jenny McCarthy and Nicole Scherzinger stayed and chatted Giuliani up. But former President Trump's attorney hasn't been the only controversial contestant. Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin was unveiled during the show's third season back in 2020. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Norway's banned the act of breeding British bulldogs with Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Animal rights groups sued in the name of cruelty. The altered bulldogs susceptible to breathing and lung issues. The Spaniels experience heart defects, headaches, eye and joint problems. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. 
So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 866-88-BIBLE. That's 866-88-BIBLE. 866-88-BIBLE. Who day? Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to Los Angeles to face the Rams in Super Bowl 56. This is the first time since the 1988 season that the Bengals have been in the Super Bowl. Westwood One's coverage of Super Bowl 56 is brought to you locally by Donato's, Atomic Credit Union, and Mark Porter GM and Mark Porter CDJR. Tune in on February 13th at 2 p.m. on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. If you're a business owner, we know in spite of the tough times, you still want to give your business all the financial protection it needs. This is Mallory Swaim with Matthews Insurance. And for over 75 years, our business has been helping to protect Athens area businesses. Ohio Mutual and Matthews Insurance can provide you with a policy designed to serve your needs as well as fast and fair claim service and a great price too. Contact us today at 740-593-5573 or Google us, Matthews Insurance. Friendly, reliable, local. Hi, this is Steve Downs. Check out this week's very special episode of The Classics, The Complete John Mellencamp. Over the past 45 years, John Mellencamp has produced some of the most exciting and important music from America's heartland and helped redefine the role of what a singer, songwriter, and a live performer can accomplish. We'll be digging into all of his greatest hits, deep cuts, and even a taster from his upcoming album. If you love Mellencamp, and we're betting that you do, the only place to be is right here on The Classics. On 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM, WATH, for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. Here at A Work of Heart, we are grateful for our customers and their loyalty. You have been a blessing to us, and we thank you again. 2021 was a challenge for us all, If you need a positive influence for the coming year, come into our store for a new spring flag or rug. We have the best selection of flags in the Mid-Ohio Valley. We have beautiful framed art made in Pennsylvania and Indiana. Many of our pieces of art have been painted and designed by our local artist, Dee Jones. Our inspirational routed signs have been made in Indiana and West Virginia. If you need some new decor for your cabin or ski lodge, we have just what you need. Bear, deer, eagles, moose, wolves, horses, cows, roosters, chickens, pigs, goats, turkeys, dogs, cats, bunnies, ducks, and so much more. You can find it all at A Work of Heart in Grand Central Mall, Vienna, West Virginia. And find us on Facebook or at aworkofheart.biz. I'm John. You may know me as a commercial lender, but I'm also a craftsman and a dog dad. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find John or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. 
Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. Uh, I-N-E-P-T. Emmett Tech. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters. Raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, your final non-conference game of the season coming up this week. It is a home game for you at the Half Shell Stadium against the Georgia Institute of Football. That's right. You know, you make out your schedule early in the season, uh, before the season ever starts, and you look it over, and you and you think about boys that you'd like to have on your schedule, and I would like to say that having TGIF on a schedule is a real honor. This is the first time that these two schools have ever met on the gridiron, I think. Not only that, it'll be the first football game we've ever played against one another, and uh, we are real honored to have them on our schedule. We're real tickled to be able to play them. We think it's a gem on our schedule because, you know, uh, Coach Paydirt, that's uh, – Coach Cleet Paydirt, you know, everybody's heard of him. You know, he's been at TGIF for years and years and years. Had a football a tradition. Real successful program. You know, he's got had a winning year ever since uh, uh, 19 and whatever it is, how long he's been there. But he's been there a long time. In fact, he is TGIF football over there. And, and I do want to say a word about what kind of program they have. It, you know, the Georgia Institute of Football, all they do is concentrate on football. You know, they uh, teach football. They eat football, sleep football. They learn about football, learn how to coach football. All they learn about is football. So it is really what you call your football factory. In fact, I'm a little bit surprised, Coach, that uh, they're on your schedule, being as tough a team as they are. Well, like I said, you know, we're real honored. You know, we not uh, we don't we figure it's going to bring us a whole lot of prestige. Uh, oops, hold on a minute. Uh, I'm going to have to get that. Go ahead and get that, Coach. Hello, this here is Coach Art Turf, head coach. Well, howdy there, Coach Pay Dirt. Boy, it sure is a pleasure to have you on my program. We doing a radio pro. Well, yeah, that's right. You know, we playing y'all this week. What, what do you mean supposed to play y'all this week? What do you mean you ain't coming? Well, well, see if I care. Coach, I think we've got a problem here. Well, you know, he's, he says that uh, our business department gave him a call that says we wasn't coming through with the guaranteed payoff for them, and, uh, and so they ain't coming to play the ball game. We'll have to confer with Coach Turf on this, and we'll do that right after we pause for this message. And the Art Turf Show, proudly sponsored this morning by Water Pipe Heat Tape. Yeah, Water Pipe Heat Tape. Okay. Well, Coach Turf, it appears we've got a serious problem on our hands here. You've got a home game scheduled for this weekend and right now you've got no opponent uh, what what do you intend to do well well I, I think what I'm gonna do is answer the phone go ahead and get it coach hello mm-hmm yeah you're right you got him this here's coach art turf head coach athletic director oh that's right we're located right here in town well that's right you're right again we are looking for a ball game all right you got a deal who was it, Coach? Well, I was a coach over to East Springfield Polytechnic. And ESP? 
That's right. You know, he heard we was looking for a ball game, and I took him up on his deal, and it's just as well because I didn't want to have to hit pay dirt anyway. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Hi, good morning. Well, so far, so good, right? Weather-wise, I mean, this thing's slow moving. And when it gets here, we'll know it. In the meantime, we got a Thursday edition of the Party Line. Those of you listening on 92.7, our FM version of the party line, uh, we we are aware that there's a hum there, and um, we apologize. It's um, we think it's a, a, a what do you call it? A precipitation issue where some water has gotten into one of our phone lines between here and the transmitter, but. Uh, the engineers are uh, getting moving and going to check it out, and we'll try to figure it out. But um, you can make out what we're doing and everything. It's just the hum is certainly annoying to me and perhaps to you as well. But WATH and uh, WXTQ, they're both doing fine. I mean, 970 here on AM. We're doing great. All right, this is here. Good morning. Uh, today is February 3rd, Scott, and uh, I know all morning you've been working that. Um, let's see here. Today is the National National the Day the mu- Music Dice Died Day. That's referring to a particular tune, isn't it? It is, and what that tune meant was the plane crash that killed... Uh, the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, and uh, Buddy Holly. Uh-huh. And that was songs written by Don McLean, The Day the Music Died, commemorating that plane crash. And some people don't know it, but Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on that flight too. And uh, he gave up his seat to one of those three. I think it might have been The Big Bopper. Do you recall the year? I do not. I think it was uh, mm, early, late 50s, early 60s. Okay. Let's see if I can find that. Well, while we're waiting, it's also National Women Physicians Day. It's National Carrot Cake Day. It's Optimist Day. I think I'm an optimist in many ways. I just hope it doesn't cause me to be unrealistic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can do that. It's National Missing Persons Day. 
Now, once again, back to this uh, national, the day, the music died day. Um, it was on, this happened on February 3rd, 1959. 59. Yeah. Okay. Near, uh, crash near Clear Lake, Iowa, uh, together, of course, with the pilot, Roger Peterson, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. Yeah. Um, so in Lubbock, Texas, the Buddy Holly Center will host a special event today remembering that crash uh, that claimed Lubbock native Buddy Holly. All righty. Well, let's see here. We customarily, uh, by the way, I think you can tell already we've got a free-for-all today. We do have a series of some uh, really good guests coming up, but uh, uh, we're going to get past this weather and other things so um anyway that's all coming up um, in a week or so now historical events in 1451 the sultan mehmed the second the conqueror inherits the throne of the ottoman empire 1451 on this date let's move on 1509 the battle of diu naval battle at the port of diu India, between Portugal and the Ottoman Empire, establishes Portuguese trading control. 1870, on this date, the United States state of Iowa ratifies the 15th Amendment of the United States Constitution, allowing suffrage for all races and colors. Let's see here. In 1966, excuse me, the first soft landing on the moon, that by Soviet Luna 9. Okay, now birthdays. We've got uh, typically four here, and yes, indeed, that's true. Uh, None of these people are still living. So, uh, in no particular order, let's start with Elizabeth Blackwell. She was born in 1821. She did not, she passed in 1910. Elizabeth Blackwell. Uh, what do we know about her? She was a physician, a British physician, notable as the first woman to receive a medical degree in the United States. Wow. And the first woman on the medical register of the General Medical Council. Well, that's probably all tied into this uh, um, this being uh, National Women Physicians Day. See? Mm, could very well be. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> Ferdinand Magellan. Explorer, wasn't it? Right? Yes. Born in fourteen, born on this date in fourteen eighty, died in fifteen twenty one. Portuguese explorer and a subject of the Hispanic monarchy. From fifteen eighteen, he is best known for having planned and led the fifteen nineteen Spanish expedition to the East Indies. He only lived forty one years. Okay, uh, Felix Mendelssohn, music. Born in 1809 on this date, died in 1847. He was a German composer and born and widely known as that name. His name, Jacob Ludwig Felix Mendelssohn Bartholdi. 
German composer, pianist, organist, and conductor of the early Romantic period. Mendelssohn's comp uh, compositions include symphonies, concertos, piano music, organ music, and chamber music. Pretty Boy Floyd, born in 1904 on this date, died in 1934. He was a gangster. Charles Arthur Floyd, nicknamed Pretty Boy Floyd, was an American bank robber. He operated in the West and Central States, and his criminal exploits gained widespread press coverage in the 1930s. Um, two two famous deaths. Uh, one I think we've already sort of <clears throat> mentioned, and that is that of Buddy Holly. Um, wasn't he in that um, plane crash? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> 1936, his birth. Um, we don't know what day. It doesn't matter. But he died on this date in that plane crash of some entertainers, well-known entertainers. Uh, in 1959. Yeah, the the report was that the big bopper was sick, and they were on their way to their next show, and uh, Waylon Jennings knew that he was sick, so he gave up his seat on the plane to the big bopper and took the bus instead because they only had room for so many people. Yeah. Okay, Woodrow Wilson, former president, Born in 1856, died on this date in 1924. 28th U.S. President from 1913 to 1921. He served as the president of Princeton University and also as the governor of New Jersey before winning the 1912 presidential election. I saw some writings about him somewhere, and they... He seemed to be fairly well-liked by all the entities he had to deal with as a president. But uh, maybe that was just the article. Um, okay, trivia. Okay. Who invented chicken nuggets? Now think about that. Was it McDonald's? Was it NASA? Was it the U.S. Army? Or was it Cornell University? Hmm, I'm going to say it had to start with some science oh. somewhere. Food science. I'll say the university, Cornell. You're right. By a food science professor named Robert C. Baker. The bite-sized piece of chicken, coated in a batter and then deep-fried, was called chicken sticks by Baker and his associates. Baker chose not to patent his creation. I'll bet he regretted that later on. Instead, he mailed the recipe to hundreds of American companies who would later profit from his invention. So you got that one right. Okay, <clears throat> did you know that uh, Puxitani Phil has a wife? No. Yeah. 
So this is, you better not miss this. The question is, what is his wife's name? Is it Alice, Phyllis, or Beatrice? Alice, Phil, Phyllis, Phyllis, or Beatrice? Yes. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Phil, Phyllis. Yeah, you got it. I didn't even think of that. I missed it. I I guessed Beatrice just for fun. Uh, but his wife is Phyllis. So. The weather-predicting rodent has put the small Pennsylvania town of Puxatawney on the map by predicting the arrival of spring on Groundhog Day, which was just a day or two ago. When Phil is not busy predicting weather, he lives in the Puxatawney Library with his wife, Phyllis. Yes, Puxatawney Phil has his own little groundhog wife, in fact, Phil has had many wives over the years. While Phil has an extended lifespan, his wives do not, so they pass away like normal groundhogs. Huh. Phil always finds love again, always with a groundhog named Phyllis. Okay. Well, those are really important stories. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's see what's going on news-wise. Um, I've got several different uh, sources to work from here, including the New York Times and a couple others. So, there's a story today that says, Need to know troops to Eastern Europe. President Biden's administration announced yesterday thousands of U.S. troops will be temporarily deployed to Eastern Europe to reassure NATO allies in response to Russia's military buildup on Ukraine's borders. After 8,500 U.S. troops were put on alert last week, nearly 2,000 troops will be sent to Germany and Poland, while 1,000 troops currently in Germany will be sent to Romania. No troops will be sent directly to the Ukraine. The U.S. currently has fewer than 200 members of the Florida National Guard in the country to train the Ukrainian army. Well, of course, Russia objects to claims that it is planning to invade the Ukraine. However, more than 100,000 Russian troops are believed to be near that border. Separately, a leaked proposal suggested the U.S. offered to reduce NATO military exercises in exchange for Russia de-escalating 
what is considered this Ukrainian border threat. What's going on with CNN? <coughs> Changing topics here rather severely. So the president of CNN abruptly resigned yesterday, acknowledging a relationship with a senior colleague, Zucker, that's his last name, who separated from his longtime wife, Karen Nathanson, back in 2018, said a relationship with his chief marketing officer, a woman named Allison Gulist, began during the pandemic. Under company rules, the pair were required to disclose such a relationship, which they failed to do. So the president of CNN has resigned. Uh, At this point, Golust uh, will remain in her role. Now, Zucker has been in this position since 2013, so eight years, right? Um, somehow or other, you know, there's this other investigation going on with Chris Cuomo, right? Yep. <clears throat> yes. And it was through that investigation that this other thing was learned about. Uh, and Chris Cuomo, though, was fired. Um, now, in his case, there is quite a few, they're using the term a flurry of sexual harassment charges, but the real reason, the the most serious thing he did was um, that he improperly helped his brother, Andrew Cuomo, then the New York governor, right? Yes. Uh, He was advising his brother Mm -hmm. when his brother was accused of many of the same things, of sexual harassments. Okay. Now... We go from one important story to a very another important story. The NFL's Washington football team. They were known as what? Redskins. They're now the Commanders. They went by just the Washington football team for two seasons until now. Yeah. There was a quite a uh, gap where they you didn't know what to call them, but they announced yesterday the Washington Commanders. Okay. Um, let's see here. I think we have a caller. Let me get. Uh, where's my button? There it is. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello. I think we lost him. 
Okay. Um, I'm sorry, caller. You, um, we didn't get connected. I'll watch more closely here. Let's see. So the commanders. We did that. Yeah, that's his. That's not bad. That's not a bad name. You have some thoughts on that? I was just thinking about some of those names are trying to stay so neutral away from things that people are so insensitive about, groups insensitive about. And like we've said, we always thought it was an honor and a tribute to be a nickname. I don't think there was anything, you know, bad, man, about nicknames of any type for that matter. But some people thought they were offensive and spoke out. Same way with the Cleveland Indians baseball team. Now they're known as the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. <laughs> that one doesn't grab me like the um, Commanders. Yeah. Like yeah, I like the Commanders yeah. a little better, too. Um, speaking of sports, um, New York Times, of course, uh, working on an article About Brian Flores, right? Yes. Um, There's a headline here. It says, good morning. Most NFL players are black. Only one head coach is. Um, And they're, they're speaking of Brian Flores. Well, actually, now Mike Tomlin is the only one. Okay. Um, Second and even third chances are not that unusual for NFL head coaches. Over their careers, several coaches have run three different teams, and most of them had only mixed records of success before getting the third job. If they had excelled in one of the earlier two jobs, after all, they might have still had it. (laughs) Yep. A list of coaches to have run at least three teams without having won a Super Bowl includes John Fox, Ted Marchabrota, I think I said that right. Yep. Wade Phillips, Dan Reeves, Marty Schottenheimer, and Norv Turner. Now, I didn't, but some football fans might notice something about that list. All the coaches on it are white. No black man has ever been head coach of three NFL teams. Romeo Crennel is the closest, having been coach of two teams and the interim coach of a third, just for part of a season. But there are certainly black coaches whose records resemble those of the white coaches who have had multiple coaching chances. (coughs) The list includes Jim Caldwell, Marvin Lewis, Anthony Lynn, uh, Lovey Smith, And in an earlier era, 
Dennis Green and Art Shell all won more games than they lost and took teams to the playoffs. Yet, they never got a third chance or, in some cases, even a ch- second chance to be a head coach. Brian Flores seems as if he might be following this path. Three years ago, he took over the Miami Dolphins after the team had had only one winning season in the previous ten. Well, under Flores, Miami had a winning record. Okay, give up, folks. This has nothing to do with the station. Um, okay, where was I? Under Flores, Miami had a winning record each of the past two years, coming close to the playoffs both times. Still, the Dolphins fired him last month, and no other team has hired him. So, um, let's see, today's Thursday. So, two days ago, on Tuesday, Flores sued the NFL for racial discrimination. It really represents a remarkable act of defiance. Flores is only 40 years old, and he is probably hurting his chances of getting another job in the insular, conservative NFL, which also happens to be arguably the country's most popular form of entertainment. He was talking on CBS uh, yesterday sometime, and he said, it's hard to speak out. But he added, this is bigger than football. The bigger, this is bigger than coaching. Well, a lot of it deals with, uh, could it be some sort of racial thing? Um, was it he that also at some point is saying that uh, he was offered a hundred thousand dollars to lose a game. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Why would anyone do that? Um, I, I mean, an I owner or uh, you know what I mean. So they could move move up higher in the draft because oh. teams with losing records get to pick first in the draft. I see. Sometimes I'm just not that sharp. But uh, that now makes a little sense, although I think the whole thing smells. That's just the way I feel. Well, what else is going on here? The virus. Researchers are developing a nasal spray vaccine. Why? Because they protect the airways where the virus enters the body, they may be better at preventing infections. On another matter, and I think we started to hear about this, uh, well, a little bit in the last few weeks, but definitely yesterday. The Army said it would immediately discharge unvaccinated soldiers. Now, I kind of enjoyed my time in the service, even though I didn't think I would. I got drafted. 
but I had a, I worked with a tremendous great bunch of folks and I had many great opportunities in my training and then in my uh, ultimate job in the service. But there are others who hate being there. Could it be that some of the non-vaccinators have taken that approach because they're hoping they will be discharged? And then the next question is, is it an honorable discharge? Or will they have that black mark on their record for years to come? Oh, well. So uh, that's coming up. It, uh, the Army says they, it would immediately discharge unvaccinated soldiers. That's the first thing I thought, too. Is it going to be an honorable discharge? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what else do we have here? Um, well, here's an article. I tell you what, b- before we go further, um, you know, when we have free-for-all days, and today is one of them, we have uh, started to play a recording of the Fred Palmer commentary. Um this one is called Life on the Farm. I swear we played this before. Probably have, yeah. But, I mean, recently. We need to not do that. Oh, um, we put another one in there. I, I think those there's a limited amount in there that are available. Okay, well, so we're let's do it again anyway. we do some reruns. And uh, we'll try to find more of these because... Uh, Somewhere we have large reel-to-reels containing hundreds, okay? Here's the Fred Palmer commentary today. Friends, on the farm 80 years ago, what we could not do with a horse, we did with our back. No power saw, no combine, no electricity. We chopped wood, dug ditches with a shovel, loaded the hay wagon with a pitchfork. Mother turned the washing machine and the churn with her hands. She ironed all the clothes with an iron heated on the stove. But in 1913, things changed. My father installed a gasoline engine, a dynamo, and batteries for electricity, and pressure tanks for water. We were the first farm in Van Wert County to do so. We children could now study with the electric light instead of the big coal oil lamp with a round wick. Mother actually had an electric iron instead of the old iron. We could go out to the barn and simply turn on the water from the pressure tank instead of pumping water by hand for an hour in the morning and another hour in the evening. Our neighbors came to call, but they really wanted to see our electricity inside water, and of course each one insisted that they needed to use our new inside bathroom. Even when they pulled the chain and the roar of gushing water sounded throughout the house, we listened with pride because it was the latest luxury on the farm. On Saturday afternoon, we went to town to sell eggs and butter and buy a few things at Crosby's Grocery. Dad would give each of us children a dime. 
We went to the Lyric Theater to see a picture show for five cents, then to Morris's Ice Cream Parlor for a pineapple soda for five cents. My, that was living. We thought we were quite well off, and come to think of it, we were. Just thought you'd like to know. Ah, yes. Well, um, it's worth repeating, and we did play that, um, I'd say, a week or so ago. So uh, we'll try to do a better job here. Um, There's a story this morning about Hollywood's liberated era. And it reads, there was a slip of time in Hollywood between the silent era and the summer of 1934 when actresses embodied roles with ahead-of-their-time understandings of womanhood going beyond the stereotypes of vamp or, um, help me with this word, uh, Scott, there's a word I'm not sure about here. Ingenue? Ingenue. Okay. I'm not real familiar with that term. Um, Let's just Google it. Anyway, I'll go on and then we'll come back to that word. It was before the Production Code Administration, which imposed strict censorship. It was before that group began to put a stranglehold on the industry. Now, ingenue. Uh, Sorry. Do it again. Uh, the definition, pronunciation is actually ingenue. Uh, oh, I, then I do know this word. Okay. Okay. An innocent or unsophisticated young woman, especially in a play or film. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Going on. Pre-code films weren't more risque out of a desire to be progressive, but rather to draw in Depression-era audiences with sheer titillation, right? Still, that often led to more complex female characters, as in the 1931 drama Bag Girl. After the character Dorothy, which was played by Sally Eilers, stays at a man's place until 4 a.m., her brother kicks her out of her apartment or out of the apartment that they share. Her brother's girlfriend, Edna, which play, was uh, play, played by um, Mina Gombo, um, a single mother, proceeds to dump him and take Dorothy under her wing. These characters were not only more sexually liberated than their code-bound successors, they were also unapologetically independent and skeptical or outright dismissive of norms and institutions like marriage in ways that went unpunished. Well, um... In New York City, they're running a film series at the Museum of Modern Art uh, featuring uh, that sort of collection of films and how they were so ahead of their times. 
Scott, um, you have a stack of stories that we kind of have collected. Has any one of them caught your eye? Well, let's see what we have here. You want to talk about the OU game while I'm looking? Absolutely. Folks, um, um, about a day ago, um, yeah, it was yesterday, but maybe around 1 o'clock that we got for certain the notice that Ohio's ball game tonight, which was to be at 7 o'clock at the combo, and they're playing um, Eastern. Eastern Michigan, EMU. They were going to move up to earlier in the day. So the game is now a 2 o'clock start. Which means we'll take the uh, air, and uh, these games are broadcast on our sister station, Power 105 WXTQ, 105.5 megahertz, right? Uh, They'll they'll start the pregame show at 1.30, I think. And then um, they'll have the the play-by-play and all of that of the game starting at 2.00. And it ends around four. So that's a change. Why? Well, you know, there's been so much talk about what the weather is supposed to be like today, even last night and tomorrow. And travel for the uh, visiting team, uh, travel for the fans um, you know tonight I'm gonna say by um, six o'clock it's I I have a hunch it's gonna be a little dicey out there meaning icy rather than dicey um, so we want to keep everybody as safe as possible So the game got moved up earlier in the day before much ice would accumulate. So now we have a 2 o'clock game. You can listen to it over on Power 105, but we encourage you, if there's any way you can, if you have tickets, go to the game. In our neighborhood, I think most people would be understanding of that. Most employers, that sort of thing. Um... I'm going. I have a 1 o'clock routine doctor's appointment. But as soon as I finish that, I'm going to go drive home, collect Pat, and we're going to the game. Whoops, there goes my phone. Let me turn that uh, spam call. How many spam calls do you get? E- enough. Enough? Too many. Too many is what, for sure. Enough. All right, um, so that's what's going on there. So Eastern Michigan, EMU, tonight, no, no, this afternoon at 2 o'clock at the Combo, men's basketball. How did the women do last night? I think they were defeated. 
Okay. I heard uh, Connor's morning sports reporter, Russ, one of them, mm-hmm. saying that uh, they lost last night. I'm going to check the score here. And then uh, we have another game on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, the girl, ladies lost to uh, Ball State by 10. By 10. We have another men's game on Saturday. So today at 2 and then Saturday at this point, they, they have it at the regular time, which is 7 p.m., right? I think that's an afternoon game, oh. Saturday's well, game, but I'm going to verify that here. All right. Please do. Um, yeah, Eastern Michigan, 2 o'clock today. Western Michigan, 2 o'clock Saturday. Okay. Okay. So, so both both games, 2 p.m. Um, you got that, folks? Hope you do. Um. Anyway, I'm going to go to my doctor's appointment at 1, and then as soon as I can, swing by, get Pat, and we'll go to the game this afternoon. All right. Now, this weather thing. It's very concerning. Come on. It's very concerning. Um, certainly this morning, it was fine. Now, one of the practices that the highway departments and cities use (laughs) is to salt the roads, right? Um, They haven't been able to do that because if they go spreading salt and it's raining, it all (coughs) washes away. So you're wasting materials. They have to wait until there's not water washing things away. Which also means they're waiting for it to freeze and get um, so the odds are good that we're going to have a tougher time of it in the next 24 hours. So uh, use some common sense out there. Um, don't don't just go uh, looking around. You know what I mean. <laughs> I I'm one of those that does do that, and I apologize. Yes, and please don't hoard from the grocery stores, yeah. if possible. I'm told that uh, salt is a little bit hard to find right now. And I'm not talking about table salt. I'm talking about rock salt for these sidewalks and driveways and things like that. Yeah. The state has plenty. The city has plenty. But uh, to buy it for your own purposes, it's a little bit harder to find. But, uh, you know, it could be that any number of our hardware stores do have a supply. But I was talking to a one hardware store owner last night. We had dinner together. From Pomeroy, and they were uh, had just sold the last batch of what they had in stock. All right. So you can, if you want to click on that red bar up there on the monitor, that'll give you the update okay. from the National Weather Service. There's um, also a flood watch that's been issued there at the bottom. Okay, so let's see here. Do, 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 do. 2.46 a.m., so that was a long, a few hours ago. 
Okay. Anyway, this storm warning is in effect until 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Now, they may extend that, but as of right now, it's until 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. And the same four counties, or five, I guess, um, are listed. Athens, Jackson, Morgan, Perry, Benton. Heavy mixed precipitation expected. Total snow accumulations of up to two inches. And they say ice accumulations of uh, between a quarter and a half an inch. And the ice would occur first, I think, which means snows on top of ice, which adds a whole nother dimension to the, these things. Ask our staff, because that's what our parking lot's been like for an hour, for uh, a week now, I think. Anyway, um, now, power outages, tree damage. All of this is possible if there's a heavy ice buildup. I know um, Esplenda and some of those companies that work for the utility companies on taking care of those lines have feverishly been working in the city uh, for a while now, but especially the last week or so. And some people are not happy with what they do. But mercy, folks. I mean, you'd rather have power out? Or would you, you know. Anyway, I checked our kerosene stove last night, and it's ready to go. All right, we're just about out of time, folks. Have a very safe day, please. Go to the Bobcats game this afternoon at 2 if you can. And go Bobcats and all that sort of thing. And then hunker down and be safe overnight, right? Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Karashi was appointed as...